the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, we head into hour two of our daily three-hour tour. If you are a listener on hold, please stay with us. We will get to you shortly. First, we go to David Schweikert, our congressman representing Arizona's first congressional district. David, how are you, sir? You know, you can put me back on hold and take the other caller. No, I think the other caller is, um, the other callers, they, they want to go into deep theo- theological issues. And I, Oh, and all right, in that case, because I know you love that Under the notion of stuff. separation. Of- and everyone should understand, when I'm having sort of a crisis of conscience, um, you know, and I and I need sort of biblical references. I, I call Seth. No, you know, he's, he's like my, um, you know, uh, one of my guidance, spiritual Stop guidance it. counselors. Stop. You want me to be your rabbi? You grew, you went to Hebrew school. You don't need me as your rabbi. No, 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 no. I just had an interest did in learning like everything Thomas I could. Che- like Thomas Jefferson, when you went to Hebrew, did they teach you? Did you learn to read Hebrew? Oh no, heavens no! Okay. Uh, but I but I learned a couple things. Everyone should understand. I'm actually Catholic, yes. but. Um, I, I, I had an interest in things like that, so I was trying to memorize the Mourner's Kadesh yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just um, don't last. It's a long story. Okay. Because, because I went to Camp Herzion as a kid. There you go. Because it was in the neighborhood. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. Well, someday we'll have you in here and we'll have a long discussion about all that stuff if you like. It might be fun for the holidays when you come back to town, actually, to do that, David. What is this I'm reading about the Freedom Caucus softening its oh, demands? I, I thought on... you might find that why that's interesting, and, yeah. and please understand, I haven't talked, spoken to any of my friends over there of what the details, but The Hill just put out a story that um, the deal we all made last February, you know, when they did the debt ceiling, and here's the $100 billion of cuts and all those things, and then remember, you know, uh, three, four months later, it became a battle that um, a number of folks wanted further cuts. Right. And they functionally removed the speaker over that. Right. They wanted further cuts. Right. And now those very people that did that are coming back and saying, yeah, we can't get those passed either. Right. Um, and so they're going back to the original deal, and that's why they're being sort of, I won't use the word mocked because that's not fair, but the discussion of why did we put ourselves yeah. through a couple months yeah. of no work, of burning the place down, of yeah. making financial markets nervous, of all those things. If basically we went right back to the original deal that McCarthy had put together. Yeah. That's the headline, Mike. Folks can look it up on the Hill, thehill.com. Freedom Caucus softens its demands for steeper cuts. Does this happen to a lot of caucuses, David? You've been, no doubt, uh, observant of and members of various I, caucuses. Do they, my memory of what, when I was in Washington is I would get excited about the formation of something like the Republican Study Committee or some such, or what was uh, the Opportunity Society I think Gingrich had at one point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they seemed you know, great and exciting, just what we need, kind of a shot of B12 in the arm for the conservative movement. And then over time, they just kind of lose the well, but, efficacy. Those are two different discussions. Okay. Um, it's the nature of organizations that over time the organization becomes more important than its original mission. Yeah. 
Remember, Freedom Caucus's original mission was conservatives to preserve the right to legislate, because Boehner used to block us right. um, from being able to offer amendments and those things, and it migrated into something else. Okay. That's the nature of um, a Republican Study Committee now has almost every Republican member. Yeah, right. Is it's a not a caucus so it's, no it's longer, the entire you know, caucus. The conservative right. one-third, everyone goes, right. and, and it's become a lunch deal. Right. You know, hey, I pay my dues, I go to lunch. Right. Um, that's the nature of how many charitable organizations the disease gets cured, and they go, "Oh God, how are we going to make right. our, you know get our salary?" Well, let's let's find another disease. Let's yep. find something else to pursue. Yep. That's one thing. There's the other side here of when you're battling to move legislation, move budget cuts, change things, add things. You still have to get the votes. Yeah. It's one thing to stand up and go on, you know, Fox Television and say something, and do, you know, OEN and say something and this and that. But if you can't deliver, you know, 218 votes on the floor, it, you're basically doing, you know, fundraising off of what yeah. you're saying off your video, right. but you're not actually moving any policy. Right. And that's what we've run into is we've pushed, we've pushed, we pushed. We've used the budget. We've used the threats of shutdowns. We've done this and that. And and you 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 got to know when you when have, if you've ever been in real estate or other things or even bought a car, when's the moment you close the deal? Because if you ask for one more thing, the other person walks away. Right. And that's what happened here is we put together a deal. It was brutal. We had people screaming and yelling, it's too many cuts. It's too hard, this and that. And then some of our brothers and sisters came back and they asked for one more thing and it all fell apart. Mm-hmm. Everyone said, screw you. I, I can, I can, you know, because we came very close to having a compromise speaker with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you, we were probably three days away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. it, it, it's, it, it's a learning experience for a number of members, except I'm hoping we haven't done too much damage to our credibility. We're moving at a breakneck speed again. We're working hard. You know, I mean, I just got off, uh, off the floor. Um, uh, but I hope now there's an understanding of you squeeze as much as you can, but, but you got to remember all these cuts we're doing in discretionary, non-defense discretionary at the end of 10 years, it's, it's a rounding error. Yeah. Yeah. Remember all the growth yeah. is healthcare costs yep. and interest. Hey, David, and no one likes to talk about that. No, but no, we do. <laughs> you and I do. Um, David, talk to me about this hearing you did and the IRS putting us through a fire drill on uh, child support. It, 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 this is more of a technical hearing, um, but uh, my subcommittee, I had to co-chair it with it because I'm the one that has access to IRS records, and we were so the, there was a technical reason. Um, in Ways and Means, you have several subcommittees. Um, one of them actually looks at um, family welfare, foster care programs, those things. Well, one of those things is how do you help um, child support collections? And this mm-hmm. is something that was done 20 years ago mm-hmm. under George Bush, setting up the systems where um, you could do garnishments and mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, IRS has come back and said, hey, states, we don't like the fact you use contractors to manage your case workload. We're going to cut you off of access to the data. Mm-hmm. Well, this is going to cause real problems to some of the, the tribal communities that, remember, this is money that a non-custodial parent, is the proper term, owes to the parent who's taking care of the child. 
And the reason we as conservatives support this is this is the responsibility of being a parent, and it's not taxpayer money. But you need information to find out, you know, either how to get that person to pay or, if necessary, garnish some of the wages. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the IRS comes in and says, yeah, we're going to cut you off. Okay. And all of a sudden, you're going, oh, are all these people now going to end on government support programs? So we held a hearing, A, to find out if it was working, if we needed to structurally change it, and B, how do you have to draft it to protect taxpayer privacy but make the system work? And so on occasion, you do these technical hearings. This is the geeky stuff Ways and Means does. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right, good. You know, um, it would be fun, actually. Uh, when I'm not sure when you guys go into recess, but it would be fun. I, you usually come by around December. You often brought Olivia. Is your other is your, oh, yeah. is your other baby old enough to travel? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I actually had him here in Congress a couple of weeks ago. He's 16 months old, and he can work the voting machine. So well, bring he, them both so, in. So someone will hand him, hand him the voting card. He can slide it in, and you just have to say red or green, and he knows his colors, and he'll vote for you. Well, bring him it in, and let's do cute. an hour with callers on everything <laughs> under the sun. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, yes. Well, Matthew has only about 12 words. He can say dada well, and doggy saying, and ball. I'm not and saying and... put him on the radio to answer all the questions <laughs> of the deep oh, recesses of our minds. Than a member of but Congress. bring him in so we can meet him, like we, you've done with Olivia. I would love to. And I then, would love to do that. And then, you know, we'll have people here entertain them with toys and candies and other baubles and strings and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. But you and oh, I take calls for an hour on everything under the sun. Wouldn't that be fun? Sure. I actually, I'd love to. Okay. Because, Let's do it. Um, you know, I know sometimes I fixate on the finances of the country, but that's my job. Well, you no know, one we, else we is all doing sign it. Up for certain things, but <laughs> there's lots of other things I'm also interested if in. If not you, who? You must have learned that at Harzion. If not you, oh, who? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me know. I'd love to do it. Love to put it together. We'll talk All right, next you're week. wonderful. All right, God bless you, David. Thank you for everything, right. as <laughs> always. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. My other David and I were at daggers drawn over things that should be uniting. You know, the Christmas season, the Hanukkah season, and yet all we do is quarrel about things having to do with the Christmas season and the Hanukkah season. These are, as we like to say on the Seth Leibson show, the durables, and the durables cannot be compromised. Well. You may have me on that, but I'm about growth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Nick is in Phoenix. Hello, Nick. Hello, I'm Nick. Hi. This is Seth. Yes. Hi. Hi, um, Seth. I'm I'm um, I live in France. I'm visiting Phoenix uh, as I do uh, on a regular basis, and um, I was listening to your show, and um, I hope that about uh, the secularization of, of, of American society, um, and it, which is having an impact on 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 anti uh, It's leading to anti-Semitism. Um, it struck a chord because I, I see a lot of parallels um, in, in Europe and in France in particular. Um, and I think I feel the same thing is happening very much in Europe. You know, a lot, we're losing our Christian values. Um, and as you probably know, France is, is, is you know, prides itself on, a, on, a, on being a secular society. But at the same time, it is rooted in, 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 um, in Jude, 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 Jude Christian thought. Yeah. 
And I think when we start losing those those fundamentals, um, yes, things do happen and are happening. As someone um, who uh, lives in Europe and comes here yeah. frequently, do you have a warning for America? Um, well, yes, at this point, because I, I see that America has remained a religious society. Um a Christian society, very much more than, than uh, openly as well, much more than, than, than in Europe. Yeah, definitely. I think we're moving into what we would call a post-religious, post-Christian society. Um, yeah, post-religious is perhaps the wrong term because what we're seeing, and, and again, I, I don't want to sound inappropriate, but I think we are leaving too much space to... Um, to other religions which are eating away at the fundamentals of our Western Christian-based society. Are you from France originally? Were you born and raised in France? Yes. I am French. You're French. And I do live in France. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I found fascinating after 9-11, September 11, 2001, was... Attention that was focused on a lot of Muslim migration into Europe, a lot of Muslim immigration into Europe. And I remember thinking that a lot of Europe was going to be in big trouble with this. Big trouble. Yes. And and, And I've been saying that. Yeah, go ahead. You've been saying it too. Okay. No, no. I've been saying this. I have been saying this to, to many people. Um, friends included, who have always, you know, been taken aback by by my by my what I've said, by my opinions. Well, but the question, I, I do feel that. Well, let me let me put it to you this way, yeah. Nick, if I might, <clears throat> because what the concern yeah, I please. had was was that Europe had, my gosh, architecturally it has these beautiful the beautiful Christian churches and history of those churches, but what people notice when they go to Europe is they're mostly empty. And I was worried about, you know, if there's going to be a strong influx of faithful and believing Islamic immigration into Europe, what is there to what is there to match it? And I thought not much, I gather. And I was particularly interested in France. And someone said to me, the thing the French have going for them that is not true of Great Britain and not true of Germany and not true of some of these other countries in Europe, name them, is the French have a uniquely strong pride or nationalism about them. Some would even say overly so. Uh, Too much pride, uh, perhaps even a superciliousness of it, but that that would save France the pride they have in their cultural history, if not their religious history. But it doesn't seem to have worked. It doesn't seem to have borne out. And I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Well, it hasn't. Yeah. It hasn't borne out. Yeah. No. Um, I think, um, and, and you were also talking earlier on about fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being able to grow uh, without fear. I think we, the friend. I think this this sentiment is is being more strongly felt um, with time Mm -hmm. um, as a result of mass immigration. Yeah. Um, So I guess at this point we're talking about two related subjects. Um, 
yeah, I think I think the French, I think France has to, and at some point will wake up to to, to the threat. Um, and again, I'm not taking away the, the, the even the the need for for a, uh, a multi-religious society. Of course I mean, not. I, it, it can have it can have benefits. Yes, I think um, we've we've generated a culture of of tolerance, over tolerance towards. Um, Again, uh, Islamic uh, immigration. Well, um, I, I, I would think it's then, fair to say this, and I say it with some diffidence because mm. I'm speaking on behalf of faiths I am not an adherent of. But I would say that there's been a tremendous loss of confidence in much of the Jewish faith and Jewish temples and synagogues, and there has been in the Christian faith and Christian synagogues, there's been a great amount of vitiation, watering down of the religion. Um, there's been a great politicalization of those religions to the left, and to the degree that there has been, they are less religious and less faithful to the doctrine than some others, like perhaps in the Islamic community, which don't, doesn't seem to have the problem of self-doubt that Judaism and Christianity does. And so when you talk about yes, how we would point. like a multi-religious uh, multi society, which I agree with, yeah, we would. That should include Christians and Jews. <laughs> it should, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it does. It should, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are losing confidence in ourselves, no doubt. Well, it doesn't bode well, um, because no, it, doesn't. it doesn't bode well as a matter of national history or as a matter of religious history, at least as I understand it and know of it in America, because it is that religious history um, here based deeply in, our, in America. Alexis de Tocqueville, one of your launchmen, uh, <laughs> came to America and said uh, religion was the first of our political institutions. Um, he meant it as a compliment, um, but what unfortunately that means today is a much weaker religion than it was then, and to the degree that we had strong Judeo-Christian uh, uh, synagogues and churches in a, and throughout America's history up until the last, I don't know, generation or so, we thrived at every social and economic level. To the degree we have weakened those institutions, we have declined at every social and economic level. And that's the concern. So I thank you for your call and your warning, Nick. Thank you very much. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Portions of this show brought to you by our friends from Midas Gold. Are global leaders developing solutions that promote freedom and quality of life, or are they creating problems and forcing solutions that only benefit the elite? Well, Midas Gold Group believes it's the latter, from draconian COVID restrictions, the decimation of small businesses, and changed election laws. Midas believes your finances will be next. Under the guise of protecting you, you'll get monetary expansion, national debt, and reduced purchasing power, and their central bank digital currency will virtually eliminate your savings and purchasing privacy. The answer? Convert a portion of your savings or IRA to physical gold and silver. Precious metals are a private currency. They've been used to store wealth throughout history. And thousands of you have known and trusted the veterans at Midas Gold Group, just like 
I have and Seb Gorka has because they've been fighting for your financial freedom and privacy for a long time here in the Valley. Call Midas Gold Group today at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. You going dancing tonight, young David? Uh, Maybe. You didn't set your hair for it. We I didn't set you, my hair for we it. We liked what you were doing with your hair. Why is I it? I was doing the Pat Riley and the Gordon Gecko for those of you out in the audience that haven't seen me in it person. It looked so much everyone. better. Why did you stop doing that? Well, because I I, I had a hair appointment this evening, <laughs> and uh, I figured they would put something in it. Isn't is that really the way to do this? You make your hair look as bad as possible before you go to the barber? I just didn't or is it like the dentist where you brush your teeth? To, it's you like know. the dentist where you brush your teeth and mouthwash before you go to the dentist. Don't you? Why wouldn't you want your hair the way you want it to look except shorter? Many barbers don't have the washing equipment. You know what I mean? To wash that, the that's hair. Totally that's totally like irrelevant. To- so if I were to come in there with the sticky goop in my hair, the pomade... The gel, whatever I'm using, then uh, I have a feeling they'd know how to handle it. Yeah, I have a feeling they would. Do you know why they have the red and blue? Because of the blood. And why do they have blood? Because of shaving. Because barbers can shave, and you know they miss. Go deeper. (laughs) Um, No, they're not advertising their mistakes. They also did small surgeries, right? All surgeries. I I remember that. All, not small. All. All surgeries. They were the they were the ones that did the surgeries. Yeah. Because they knew how to work a knife. And something tells me, work a knife and blade, something tells me they'd know how to deal with the pomade in your hair or whatever it is. If they could do a surgery as well. Yeah. Are you a Dapper Dan man? For So you're going dancing tonight, which is why you can't join me at zero dark 30 tomorrow. Oh. I'm going to the border tomorrow. I've heard about this, and it sounds very fun. You ought to get some good Mexican food. I'm sure there will be a... Quite a few peddlers of it. What makes you think I'll be eating? Well, I suppose you're right. You never eat in the mornings anyway. I don't eat during daylight. Bill, Ah, you have something But you're leaving so early that it won't be daylight. Yeah, I got to get up super early. I got talked into this um, by some friends. I'm getting up super early, super early. I'll be walking the dog. This is going to be a good reversal for Dagny. She usually wakes me up at 4 a.m. not realizing that, you know, there's another person here that doesn't necessarily want to wake up before. I'm turning the tables on her tomorrow. <laughs> I am going to turn the tables on her and see how she likes it. A good it. 3 a.m. one. 3 a.m. would be too late for tomorrow's adventure. Well, there we go. I'll go out dancing, and I just won't go to bed. Yeah, good, don't go to bed. at the border. You can come do a, do a morning constitutional with me and Dagny at zero at 2.30 in the morning or whatever I'm going to have to do zero it Isn't that zero dark 30? Isn't that what that's called? <laughs> you should yeah. see Mr. Bill. Yeah. No, this will be a good lesson for her, though, won't it? Yeah, this will be a You're good showing lesson. her who's boss. I'm, I'm sh- yeah, I'm going sh- to go Kaiser Soze on her. I'm going to show her what true will really is. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a song from the 60s called... Uh, there's too many Indians in this house and not enough chiefs. Oh, really? Yeah. We probably can't play it anymore. No, we probably can't. But uh, <laughs> No, we probably of, can't because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't have good things. It kind of reminds me of this scenario. Yeah. You're showing her who's the chief. I'm going to show her. I'm going to take back a little control tomorrow. She won't like it probably. It's all right. I also want to talk uh, about um, this is a great article that Larry Elder flagged when we come back. We were early on to this uh, secretary, Michael 
Cardona, the education secretary, misquoting Reagan <laughs> for quoting him in the exact opposite sense in which he was supposed to. I want to read you Jarrett Stepman's piece on this when we come right back. He's a historian who writes at the Daily Signal. We'll be right back. You want me to give another giveaway? Do another giveaway? That would be nice. Get into the holiday spirit with Pratt Brothers Christmas at Rawhide. From the winners of America's Great Christmas Light Fight on ABC, the Pratt Brothers bring you the biggest Christmas celebration in Arizona, featuring over 6 million lights, a massive gingerbread house, light show, nightly Christmas parades, magical train rides, a pro stunt show in the theater, Christmas characters, live entertainment, and so much more. We're giving away family four-packs of general admission tickets for this Sunday, December 3rd, or next Wednesday, December 6th, for our callers. So um, the first caller will get a family four-pack of general admission tickets if you call us here at 602-508-0960. A free family four-pack for the Pratt Brothers Christmas ticket giveaway. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero, and uh, we'll be giving them away. If you aren't the first caller right now, um, we'll be doing them uh, even past this Sunday. We'll do them up until um, December sixth. Uh, they were very generous with us in being able to do that. Uh, an increasingly important, I would say, I should say that over. I should start that sentence again. Um, to add to your important list of people to read when they publish is one Alyssa Finley from the Wall Street Journal who does great work on – she writes the kinds of stuff that you wish someone would write on. And her latest piece today in the Wall Street Journal is um, – well, let me just read to you what she writes. Public health experts in the United States are raising alarms about hospitals being flooded by kids with COVID. A November 21st story in Scientific American claims that children younger than four years old have among the highest rates of COVID hospital admissions because their parents haven't gotten them vaccinated. It's true that hospitalization rates for young children are currently higher than for adolescents and young adults, but they are significantly lower than for seniors. Yet infants are predominantly being hospitalized, not toddlers, and many are also infected with other more dangerous respiratory viruses. Infants younger than six months aren't eligible for COVID vaccines anyway. Infant hospitalizations for RSV, a common cold virus that can impair babies' ability to breathe, are currently seven to nine times higher than for COVID. For toddlers, it's 17 times higher. The FDA in July approved a monoclonal antibody by AstraZeneca and Sanofi that prevents severe RSV infections in infants. Demand for the prophylactic has been off the charts, resulting in shortages in rationing. That goes to show that parents don't oppose vaccines and medicines that protect children from actual menaces. They simply have a better understanding than condescending public health experts of what those menaces are. The public health and political left's zealous promotion of COVID vaccines for children may stem from a well-meaning desire to protect them from minor discomfort. Ditto mask mandates, padded playgrounds, and trigger warnings, but shielding kids from every unpleasant physical and psychological feeling isn't realistic 
or healthy. Germs can, in fact, be good. Exposure at a young age to bacteria and allergens reduces the risk of asthma, allergies, and autoimmune disorders. It's also well documented that children who grow up on farms or with pets are less likely to develop, to develop chronic immune ailments. Scientists posit that germs train a child's immune system not to overreact. This, incidentally, is another reason why mask mandates for children were a boneheaded idea. They were largely ineffective at stopping the spread of COVID, yet they reduced children's exposure to a potpourri of germs that strengthened their developing immune systems. It's hard to believe, but there are as many bacteria in the human body as there are actual cells. This so-called microbiome helps regulate various physiological responses. By disrupting the gut's microbiome, antibiotics can impair immune function. Overprescribing such medication for children has been found to raise the risk of allergies, celiac disease, and even obesity. Hence, pediatricians typically recommend watchful waiting of mild bacterial infections, which often improve with time. Antipyretics such as Tylenol can help reduce fever and discomfort, though numerous studies have also shown they prolong and worsen, worsen the infections. That's because fevers enhance the immune response. Pain and discomfort are never fun, but they serve a purpose. The same is true of adversity, which builds resilience and grit. Nowadays, however, many schools are eliminating homework and letter grades in the name of reducing stress. Academic requirements are being lowered by schools for the same reason, while instructors are directed to accommodate student anxiety. Is it any surprise then that nearly 15 percent, excuse me, is it any surprise then that nearly 50 percent of 18 to 34 year olds say they're so stressed most days they can't function? You get that? 50 percent of young adults say they're so stressed most days they can't function. The problem isn't that young people are overly stressed. You know what it is? It's that they haven't been given enough stress. They haven't been stressed enough. Children were once taught that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Being taunted is difficult, but we can learn to shake it off. Now schools teach that mere ideas can be dangerous because they can cause discomfort. Better, they say, to avoid such threats altogether. When youngsters are eventually forced to leave their bubbles, they break down. Offices of mental health professionals are teeming with psychologically fragile young people who have been cosseted their entire lives. Likewise, over in China, hospitals are flooded with sick children who have been sheltered by three years of lockdowns. Protecting kids from life's troubles leaves them more vulnerable. Who's the first to say that, Mr. Bill, that you heard make that point? That children need adversity. That children need dirt. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah, Adam Carolla and his testimony before Congress. What was that, about five years ago now already? A little longer, maybe six? Maybe six. I'll see if I can find that audio when we come back because it's so prescient and it's he saw it before anyone else I guess a lot of the stuff he <laughs> sees a lot a lot of this stuff before anyone else saw it. he was talking about bone and mental and emotional density and how it's built 
and how it strengthens over time unless you put people in zero-gravity environments, and then all their systems break down. Do we have that audio saved by chance? We'll take a quick check. It's so good, it's worth playing in the next segment. You don't want to miss it. We'll find out one way or the other for you, I promise. Should I do it again? Portions of the show brought to you by Y-Refi. They have a secure investment, and it actually helps people. At Y-Refi, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return. That's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. An investment where you are in control. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. You get a monthly statement with no surprises. You can have peace of mind. There is no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, there are absolutely no fees. It is secure and it is collateralized. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI24. They're based here locally. You can visit them. They're right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. I've been there any number of times. No one will ask you to sign anything. You won't get a sales pitch. If you don't visit them in person, invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Okay, this was Adam Carolla. I found it uh, testifying to Congress uh, few years back on that point that Alyssa Finley was making. Um, We're talking a lot about the kids, and I think they're just that, kids. We are the adults, and I don't think we are doing the children. I mean, these are 18- and 19-year-old kids that are at these college campuses. They grew up dipped in Purell, playing soccer games where they never kept score and watching Wah Wah Wubsy. And we're asking them to be mature. We need the adults to start being the adults. Um, Studies have shown that if you take people and you put them in a zero-gravity environment, like astronauts, they lose muscle mass. They lose bone density. We're taking these kids in the name of protection. We're putting them in a zero-gravity environment, and they're losing muscle mass and bone density. They need to live in a world that has gravity. When you, you need to expose your children to germs and dirt in the environment to build up their immune system. Our plan is put them in a bubble, keep them away from everything, and somehow they'll come out stronger when they emerge from the bubble. Well, that's not happening. Adam Carolla, this is, man, you know, um, you don't. You don't need a college degree to have common sense. It seems you need a college degree or advanced degrees to reverse common sense, and it's not making us smarter. That's the other problem with our colleges and universities. It's making us dumber, not only morally, but intellectually. Not only morally, but intellectually. You know, I it, it's become a challenge. Like I, I've said it before, you know, a lot of, lot of parents and High school seniors come to me for help with, you know, college admission stuff because I have some experience in it and I'm happy to do it. It's I feel just something comfortable doing. I'm increasingly having a hard time advising on where to go and if they should go. I know I'm not alone. John Shadig coming right up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.